everybody. Welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening, and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Make beauty. Amen. Amen. Sometimes the things that we don't want God actually uses to push us into things that we, that we need to break out new creativity, new ways of doing things. And um, Whitney, you're awesome. You're awesome. Thank you for sharing your, your heart with us, your story with us. Thank you for being here, church, as we close out this series. And we're looking forward to, to next week where we will um, have, uh, have two worship center services again, be back kind of to form, have nursery open. Is anybody excited about nursery? It's a good deal, and, uh, and kind of be coming back into form, and, and it doesn't feel like it this week because of, you know, you know, the, the icy cold tundra, but, uh, but we're moving ahead. God is opening things up. We're taking steps forward, and today we're talking about 1 Peter 4, chapters, uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. I want to encourage you to open your Bibles and turn them on, and you at, who are at home worshiping with us wherever you are, open your Bible. We're glad you're with us. We're united one body. We know the warmth of the, of the grace of God is, is surrounding us and binding us together as one church. And so as we open to 1 Peter 4, let's open our hearts also to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you that your word reaches us wherever we are. We thank you that you speak to us and that your grace comes pouring into our lives. And even when we look at challenging scriptures, Lord, things that, that push us or trouble us or unnerve us. We pray that you would use those things, Jesus, to grab a hold of us and to bring your life into our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. First Peter 4, at verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. For you've spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you, but they will have to give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is the reason the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead so that they might be judged according to human standards in regard to the body, but live according to God in regard to the spirit. The end of all things is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word we're grateful. Amen? Amen. 
Well, make beauty. Hey, today is Valentine's Day. Did I surprise anybody? It's Valentine's Day. If you're caught short, I've got a little project for you to do. This is real easy, okay? I'm going to help you out. Ordinary piece of red construction paper. You with me? Fold it in half, right? Corner to corner. You got it? Am I going too fast? Okay, you need me to slow down? Pair of scissors. Right here, pair of scissors. You got this? You know? Pair of scissors. Here we go. Ready? Ah! Lost the edge there. Here we go. We're recovering. There it is. Boom. Right like that. You with me? Come on. Come on. Incredible. Incredible. Isn't that? Hey, this can save you a little bit. I just saved you five bucks right there. Right there. You know? You can make a handmade card. Why? Because we're talking today about make beauty. We're talking about that creative impulse God has given every one of us to make something, to make something. In our first pres way, seven values in pursuit of Jesus, we're talking about make beauty. And what we say around this is that creativity reflects the goodness of God, our maker. And what we want to ask one another as a church, and every one of these values, we've got a question. We want to ask each other as members of the church. We want to ask each other, where... Do your spiritual gifts do good? So there's so much to that. You know, there's so much to every one of these. But we just want to talk about this idea that we're, we're invested, we're kind of given this creative impulse by our creator, and there's a way that we're called as we follow Jesus, as we pursue Jesus, to make beauty. So if that helps somebody, no need to pull off into Walgreens on the way home. I've saved you some effort here, you know, save you five bucks uh, you can make one. You can just make one, you know? And even, you can even say, Pastor Tim says handmade is better than that junk out there on the, okay? Make beauty, make beauty. Who needs this? Who needs this? Who needs it? I'm sending that right over this way. Whoa, Byron's coming at you. <laughs> make beauty. Now, this is, uh, make beauty is our seventh value, and it's the one that raises a few questions. People say, what's this about? I mean, this sounds like this for a particular class of people. I mean, why do I have to be artsy-craftsy to follow Jesus, right? I'm not artsy-craftsy. Well, it's, it's a lot deeper than that. It's a lot deeper than arts and crafts, okay? It's about using your God-given creativity to bless the world around you and change the world change the world? How do you impact the world around you? Culture is a, is a word that, that people argue about. How do I define culture? How do I really understand culture? But there's a definition of culture that, that I sit with. It's a very simple one. It says this, culture is what we make of the world. It's what we make of the world. And then we're living in it, then we're swimming in it. So you say, hey, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ. I don't like really, the culture that I'm swimming in. Yeah, me neither. So what are we going to do about it? And Christians pick all kinds of different tracks. Some Christians, they critique culture. They stand at the side and just stand sort of in judgment of it, sort of nose in the air a little bit. Some Christians, they want to combat culture. They want to find a line and fight for it and start, start the attack. 
Some Christians copy culture, like they think some, there's this cultural thing that everybody values. I'm going to make a Christian version of that. Like, you know, like I really like lasagna, but I only Christian lasagna. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I want to make this kind of like watered down Christian version of something that's really valued out there. Others of us were tempted to cut ourselves off from culture. I just, don't you feel that temptation sometimes? It's like, man, if I could just withdraw, just get out of this mess, I'll climb a high mountain and build a high wall, and there I alone will be holiest of all, right? It doesn't work. There's another way. Create culture. Make something of the world. God's given you gifts. He's given you a creative impulse. He's given you all kinds of raw materials, you know. Maybe it's just the way that you, you dance to elevate souls around you, like Whitney. Maybe it's something that you can put your hands to and you can bless somebody with. There's a way that as Christians, we can actually create culture. And it's not just fine arts. It's all kinds of different things, the ways that you make something of the world. And you do. It's the thoughtfulness that you put into a handwritten note or, you know, a homemade valentine. It's the, it's, the, it's the walk that you take with your granddaughter every Tuesday afternoon. It's, it's Papa's famous pancakes every Saturday morning. You know what I'm talking about? There are things that you're making of the world. And what I want to, what I want to just do as a church, we just want to say, look, we want to bless this. And we want to put it before Jesus. And we want to say, Lord, when I'm making something of the world, I want to make it beautiful to bless others to the glory of your name. That's what make beauty is about. Want to change the world? Make something beautiful. Peter says, in a world of suffering and sin, in a world that, that doesn't understand you for following Jesus, he says this, verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have. You should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's, what? Of God's grace. You better underline that, church. We're gonna talk about that in its various, various forms. You, what this is saying is that you, you get to be faithful stewards of God's grace. You have the opportunity to be a vehicle, a conveyance of God's grace into a broken and hurting world when you use whatever gifts you've received to serve and to bless. Let's get through the passage to get there. We've been walking through 1 Peter as our guide to our seven values, and we've seen Peter kind of take us through this, uh, what I call this litany of suffering and submission, like all the ways that we're going to submit ourselves and lay down our lives like Jesus laid down his, lives, his life for us. You know, how does Peter want us to, to operate in a hostile world? How does Peter see the church in a culture that doesn't value what the church values? Well, Peter wants us to follow in Jesus' footsteps. Just as Jesus laid down his life for us, we lay down our lives for those around us. Remember from uh, chapter two, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. To every human authority. Submit yourself. 
as Jesus laid down his life for you, how do I learn how to lay my life down for others? And he got very particular. He went through some really tricky areas, right? Aren't we grateful for Pastor Jennifer taking on that tough passage last, last weekend, did a great job with it? And uh, because, hey, that's kind of hard. I mean, that's kind of tough. There's some areas where it's pretty tough when it comes down to brass tacks. How am I actually gonna play this out? And Peter's going through these really rough areas like, hey, I don't like the emperor. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake. Hey, I think, we, I think we've got a bad governor. You submit yourself, just like Jesus. Well, I don't, I don't like my boss. My boss is a horrible boss, the worst, nastiest. My husband is a non-believer. My parents are wrong-headed about everything. What am I supposed to do with these, these people, these authority figures, you know, that are in my life? What am I supposed to do with these, these people that are pushing? You know, my pastor thinks that a handmade construction paper card is gonna get me across the finish line of Valentine's Day. I mean, I just can't listen to these people, you know? You know, hard stuff, real stuff. What do you do? Peter says you follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Whatever oppressive regime pushes you off your mark, makes demands, makes limitations on your life, sets your teeth on edge, you have a choice. You have, and you have an opportunity to make a difference. Submit yourself, he says. Lay down your privilege, your entitlement. Try to get low and serve and bless. Lay down your life as Jesus laid his down. Now, this is not <clears throat> doormat Christianity, okay? This is not some kind of like uh, victimization, walk all over me, you know, make yourself a rug kind of, kind of thing. Because what does Peter say? He actually says, this is a way to follow Christ into world changing, into standing for Jesus, into shining light into darkness. What he actually says is this is a way, if you can follow this, this is a way that will change the world. This is a way to arm yourself. Look at verse one. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, Arm yourselves also with the same attitude because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. Arm yourself, he says. The word that he's using there, arm yourself, is, uh, is actually, it's related to the Greek soldiers who used to carry a round shield and a big uh, spear. They're called hoplites. Anybody know the hoplites? No, okay. Well, that's what they were. And they had, they had a round shield, they had a big spear. And that's the word that Peter's using to say, arm yourself. Arm yourself. Well, arm yourself with what? Arm yourself with this attitude of mind, this way of thinking. The same, same kind of heart that Christ demonstrates, that Christ has, that you've received from him. You arm yourself with that. With the, the same mindset of Jesus who suffered in his body. Okay, how is this going to arm us? It's going to arm you in at least two ways. Number one, when you take on the mindset of Christ, it's going to arm you first in that you will not lose your faith in suffering when you've armed yourself with this mindset. What do I mean? All of us are tempted, uh, no matter really how long we've been with the Lord. New faith, old faith, mature faith, 
uh, we're tempted to think when we hit a hard patch, right? When we hit suffering, we're tempted to think something's wrong. Something's wrong with my faith. Something's wrong with my God. Something's wrong. I'm suffering. And Peter's very clear. The Bible's very clear. Suffering is a part of life. And suffering is a part of life as a follower of Christ. Don't be surprised when you come upon suffering as though something strange is happening to you because God is, gonna, is actually going to use that suffering for his glory, for your good. We get tempted to think, okay, if I'm suffering, I need to get away from God. But what we've got to think, we've got to arm ourselves with the mindset of Christ that says, no, 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 when suffering comes, that's not going to push me away from Jesus. That's going to get me closer to Jesus. And the more I associate with them, actually, when I go through suffering, I want it to, I want it to be tied to, to Jesus himself so that people see, even in my suffering, the glory of the name of Jesus, you see? Arm yourself. The second way that this arms you is... Um, is that when these hard things come along, when you're pushed by other, other kind of limitations, by inconveniences, when, when these, these times come that, that kind of push you off your, your mark, they actually serve to pull you out of the center of your life. So the second way this arms you is that you get to escape the gravity of being the center of your own universe. The tyranny of the self. We've got got a tendency to fall into the core of the universe as if we're the center. And what God is sometimes doing when we're going through hard times, we're going through suffering season, God is, is showing us a way out of that because that's actually a horrible prison, the tyranny of the self. And we follow Jesus, Jesus who actually is the only one who could say to the world, hey, I'm the center of the universe because actually he is, right? Jesus is the only one who could claim I am literally the center of the universe. In me and through me, all things hold together. And what does Jesus do? His way isn't selfish. His way is selfless. And he leads us out of this tyranny of selfishness which, by the way, leads us into sin. Eugene Peterson is really helpful here. This is how he puts these first few verses in the message. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like him. Think of your sufferings as a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. Arm yourself with the mind of Christ and be free from the tyranny of self and free to live with Christ at the center and others more important than you instead of being tyrannized by your own useless desires. Why? Because verse three, Peter gets right into it, doesn't he? For you've spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry, Peter says to his church, you did enough of that. Well, how does he know what I've done? Right? How does he know? I mean, what an amazing pastor that he knows that I've already had enough of that stuff, of that, of that kind of lifestyle. Well, how does he know that? Because any bit of it, it's enough. 
There's a different kind of, of fun that we find in Jesus, a different kind of happy than is promised by the world. It's not the fleeting pleasures of a, of a party night followed by a sick stomach and an empty feeling inside or, or even, uh, at worst, a lifetime of, uh, of, of regret. No, it's a different kind of thing. And Peter says, you've done enough of that. I don't know how much you've done, but it's enough. Because you don't need to run down that road anymore. Because there is a way of life in Christ that does not leave you sick and evacuated, but gets you full and energized and hopeful, right? So arm yourself with this mindset. Free yourself from the tyranny of your own useless desires. Follow Jesus into selflessness and bless those around you. And then Peter starts to name those around him. He says, hey, look at the, he starts to talk about the they, the big they, T-H-E-Y. They're terrible, aren't they? Don't you hate they? It's okay, you can say it, because I know they are after you too. They, they, right? They, well, what are they doing? They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless wild living and they heap abuse on them, on you. That's the they, they're out there. They don't get it, but arm yourself, put on the mindset of Christ. And you know what? You might actually have an impact on they. Remember from chapter two, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. They might actually see something in your life that they want a little taste of. And when they ask you what's going on inside of you, how come you're sort of, you're living a life that that isn't sort of evacuated out the way that mine is uh, when I think about the things, the choices I've made, but it's actually sort of life-giving. It's actually kind of full and bearing fruit. Well, what's in there? Well, Peter says, remember in chapter three, he says, when they ask you, uh, you revere Christ in your heart as Lord, and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. You know, give the they, give them an answer. They deserve one, and they need one, and they might just meet Jesus. Arm yourself in defense, and it's also a way to add a positive blow. Verse 7. The end of all things is near. Isn't that something? 65 AD. And they could say the end of all things is near. And you and I, I mean, it's a negative five outside, which is colder than it was when I drove down here. I think the sun's gone, people. I think it is. I mean... Mike and Kelly Hodges, you guys came down on a dog sled, didn't you? I mean, do you, I saw it parked outside. The, I mean, where, wherever, wherever you are in life, you know, it always feels like the end is near. But actually, that's because that's, that's the posture that we're supposed to be in as Christians, on the balls of our feet. And to be alert and sober of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another, which is great. Offer hospitality. It's those last two words that get me. Without what? Yeah, that's where, it's, that's where you know, it gets shot for me. I can offer hospitality, but there's going to be some grumbling, you know. Later on. But right in the middle of that, he says, he says, look, love one another deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And having set all that sort of stage, we get into our key verse of verse 10. 
Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's, say with me again, grace in its various forms. Whatever you can put your hand to, whatever's in front of you, whatever you've got, you can put your hand to it and and fashion it into a blessing to others to glorify God. That's make beauty. And in fact, what this is saying is when you make something of the world, when you make something of what's at hand in your life and you give it to others, you fashion it up to be a blessing to those around you, what this verse is saying is that you are actually faithful stewards of God's grace. That's huge. That's an enormous thing to say, that God might shed his grace not only in you, but you might be a conveyance, a a vehicle for God's grace to get poured out into a broken and hurting and darkened world all around you in all of its various forms. God might actually pour grace through you when you just think you're doing the simplest doggone thing, you know? God's grace in a plate of warm cookies, Has anybody ever received God's grace in a plate of warm cookies? You know what I'm talking about? Like, wow, I needed that. God's grace in in a, a handwritten note to a friend. God's grace in a knit blanket that has been offered up in love. When you put your hand to something and you make something of the world and you get yourself in the mindset of Christ that it's not about me at the middle, I wanna put you, I wanna lift you up, I wanna make beauty and give it into your life. That beauty, that beauty, friends, it's no small thing. It's a blessing that leads hearts toward Jesus, God's grace, in various forms, various forms. How beautiful. Let's make beauty. My wife, Abigail, is the executive director of Tolly, a micro-lending ministry that uh, is changing lives around the world. And um, she went to visit uh, one of the ministry sites a few years ago. It's in Nicaragua. And in Nicaragua, this ministry works with a lot of people that um, sometimes are coming out of prison. They've got sucked into the drug trade there and they're coming out of prison. They need a second step, right? Anyway, they visited a prison. It's one of the most uh, hopeless places that she said she's ever, she's ever been. Even there, There was beauty to speak of. The prisoners in that prison, they're fed their food and drink in plastic bags. And um, and these guys in these, these prison quarters with nothing at all to do, they take these plastic bags and they kind of uh, thread them together. And with the threads of plastic, they make the most beautiful, ornate bracelets bracelets to to give out made out of the trash of their 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 bags of food this is actually one of them right here i mean out of one of the darkest corners of human life what can you lay your hands to make beauty. God has given a creative impulse in every 
one of us. It's no small thing when you lay your hand to the things around you and you try to to lift up, to fashion, to bless others. Whatever you can put your hand to, you can make it beautiful to be a gift. It's not to your glory. It's not to the glory of this church. Look at this. Peter says, finally, verse 11, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. To him be the glory. To him be the glory. Folks, that's our first prez way. We're trying to get closer to Jesus. But it's not about polishing up our lives. It's not about polishing up who we are. It's about God shining us up as his children because he wants to show a broken world his light and his life. And we want to shine brighter. We want to be light and life for the city in Jesus' name. But it's not about our glory. It's not about your glory. It's not about what you've done. It's about shining the light of Jesus. Make something beautiful. Whatever's in your at your hands, whatever you can shape, whatever you can take up, you put a little extra time in it and you say, I'm not just making this because I want you to see how awesome I am, you know, at, at this. I want to I want to give you something that's going to show you a little bit of Jesus' love, that's going to be a conveyance of the grace of God, that's going to show you this one, this one, Jesus, Jesus, to his name be all the glory. He's the one who won my life. He's the one who brought grace into my heart. He's the one who takes the, the, the most horrible things and makes them beautiful again. He's the restorer. He went all the way to the cross, the most horrible place, and he made it a beautiful, beautiful gateway. Forgiveness and grace, redemption and mercy. He's the beauty maker. Friends, make beauty. Bless those around you. Lord Jesus, we uh, were challenged by these calls, uh, challenged by the prospect of laying down our our lives for others in uh, little ways, even. Jesus, I pray for your church. I pray for every one of us we could know and trust that when we lay our lives down for your glory you're doing something bigger than we could ever imagine and I pray for every heart to have the courage to lay their lives down and put them in your hands and wait and watch and see the beauty you will make in Jesus name we pray Amen Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprezcos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.